0: none like you in all of the earth, Lord. None like you in all of the earth, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The presence of the Lord is strong in the house today. There are many that I see. You've come with heavy burdens today. Heavy burdens. Why don't you just lay them at the feet of the Lord today? Say, God, I can't carry this, but you can. I'm going to let you carry it, Lord. Why don't you let God worry about it? Let him worry about it. My God, my God. Lord's going to talk to us today. He's going to speak to the depths of your spirit today because he has spoken to mine. And I know that the presence of the Lord is here and God is going to do a mighty work in this house today. May you never, ever, ever look at God the same way again. Genesis chapter 22, verse 11. It's good to see everybody here, especially under our circumstances. We're glad that you are here. We're glad that you came. I'm sorry to ask to impose all of the rules in which we had to impose, but it's for your protection. And uh, we're glad that you're here. Well, I'm glad the Lord's here. Amen. 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 And the angel of the Lord called to him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, He said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not upon the lad, neither do anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. Now I know. This is God speaking. Now I know. John chapter eleven, verse twenty one. Then Martha said, Martha, unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall be man in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Amen. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. She never said, I believe that you're the resurrection of my life. You see that? When she so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master come and calleth for thee. Verse 32. Then when Mary was come, where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. Seem like I've heard that before. When Jesus therefore saw the weeping Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. He said, Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see and then we come to the shortest verse in the Bible. It simply says, Jesus wept. One more passage of Scripture. I realize you're standing long. It's found in Hebrews. you would like to turn there with me. Chapter 4. Verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. This morning, I feel impressed to the Lord to speak on this subject. I ask that the going in and out be minimized as much as possible. I shall entitle this thought this, this morning, does God know your heart? Does God know your heart? Dear Lord, we thank you for your spirit that is already among us today. We feel you, Lord. As you move in this building, we feel your presence, God. We ask, O Lord God, that you would have your perfect and divine will today. Your word is never bound, Father. But, O Lord God, sometimes our minds and our hearts can be bound. We ask, O Lord, that you would loose every bond that would hold us back, that we would receive in our hearts and our minds and our spirits. What you would have to say, let your word do its perfect work. Lord, bring every thought into attention, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for these things. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing so long. Psalm 139, the 23rd verse, the psalmist says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Everlasting. There's a song that used to be sang years ago along the lines of that verse. It goes like this. Search me, O God, and know my thoughts, I pray. Try me, O Savior, and oh, my heart, I pray, see if there be some wicked way in me. Search me, oh, Savior. And set me free. Does God know your heart? Somebody said, well, God knows my heart. I've heard that statement many times before. Someone says, well, you know, what about this situation or what about that situation? And the offhanded comment has been said before by many, well, God knows my heart. God knows my heart. It is true that we read to you out of Hebrews that God, he can know your thoughts and he can know the intent of the heart. He knows a lot of things about you for he created you. However, there are certain things that God reserves to choose to not to know. God can do whatever he well pleases. But yet he made man a certain way that we would be able to reason that we would be in a similitude like unto God, not making us God, but rather making
1: us like unto him. We're made in his image. And so we understand that being made in his image means that we also have some of his nature that is wired into us as human beings. That we're able to be able to sit down and to reason things out and
0: to apply common sense to certain complex issues in
1: life. Life is not easy. Life is not fair. Life will most likely never be fair. But the Lord is the great equalizer. He knows how to make things the way they should be and it's up to us that we follow hard after him, that we remain close to him at every step that we make in our life because you just never know when it might be your last step.
0: I read to you the story of Abraham God asked an unusual request of him. Abraham sitting in the heat of the day under the tent flap, trying to stay cool. Yesterday we were driving between Lovelady and Crockett. And there is a, on the, if you're heading toward Crockett, on the right there is a high fence. There's a ranch there. Apparently, They want to hold in all the deer in that ranch, and it's rare that when I pass by that I don't see some deer along the fence line, and yesterday as we passed by, there was a couple of deer standing by the fence, but then I looked closer, and there were two that were sitting down under the tree under the shade, getting a little shade and that i had never seen that before i've seen deer standing by the road i've seen some little up close and personal where they took out my fender Uh, but i would never seen them sitting down resting under a tree was an unusual sight to see a couple of fawn deer there resting under the tree the shade tree but we find abraham sitting under the tent flap and spirit of the lord calls his name abraham Here am I, was Abraham's response. Take your son, your only son, the one that you love, and take him to a place that I'll tell thee of and offer him up as a burnt offering sacrifice unto me. Now, of all the things for God not to tell him, I'd rather known where than the what. God told him what he was supposed to do. He just didn't tell him where. I'd rather God said, and I want you to go to Mount Moriah, and then I'll tell you what I want you to do. But instead, he had knowledge of this horrible thing that God had ask him to do and he had to trust God for the location that's, that's tough first of all he had to trust God that even though he's telling him to slay his own boy he had to trust God and then secondly he had to trust God for the location and so they make their way And as they have the direction, God apparently leads him in the direction. And when he gets to the direction, he turns, gets to the mountain there. And Lord, this this is the place. This is it. This is it. And Abraham turns to his servants and he said, Now, you you keep the donkeys and all of that here. The lad and I are going to carry the fire and the wood up that mountain. And we're going to worship. Boy, that's stretching it a bit. I'm not sure that would have been my vernacular. I just said, I'll be back after a while. The lad and I are going to go up to the yonder mountain and we're going to worship. We'll be back. So he climbs the mountain, an aged man. Young Isaac, very curious eyes, but is not asked a question. No doubt he's carrying something that is for, for, for fire. And they get to the mountaintop and begin to gather the wood together for a sacrifice and an offering. And Isaac's watched his daddy do this many times, and so he knew exactly what was supposed to happen. And they get the thing together, and they light the fire. All the while Isaac's looking around. Finally, he can't take any more. He said, Father, here's the wood and there's the fire. But there's something missing. Where's the sacrifice at? And that question pierced the heart of that old man. He said something that was prophetic. He said, the Lord shall provide himself a sacrifice. Not only was he speaking of the terms of that day, he was also speaking of Calvary. He didn't know all of that. But what God was doing, in all of this difficulty, God was probing the heart of the faithful man called Abraham. Abraham. Son, I need you to get up on this altar. We don't hear no argument out of Isaac. Son, you need to be still. i got to tie you down. I have to bind the sacrifice with cords. All the time, Brother Justin, is thinking, now, Lord, any time you want to, you can stop me at any time. God don't say nothing. He doesn't say a word. Finally, he's done all that he can do to delay the situation at hand, and God has not said a word. So he pulls out the knife that's probably in a sheath, a sheath on his waistband. And Isaac' looking up and knows what that knife is for. Isaac never says a word. Abraham pulls that knife. He's thinking, "Any time, God, you can stop me just any time." God ain't saying nothing. Oh, something's going on in the mind of Abraham. Oh God. You called me out of the Ur of Chaldees and you called me out of false doctrine and you called me away from false gods and and Lord in those areas, they, some of those places they sacrificed their children unto false gods and Now here I find myself standing in a place where you're asking me to do the unthinkable. Something's wrong here, but yet still there's something in me. It's in my heart that I've got to trust God no matter what you say. I've got to trust. And so Abraham, he picks up that knife. And he raises it he leans over that boy and he's thinking, my boy, surely God will raise you when I'm done. But I've got to do. Oh, God. Oh, and he raises that life, And he's ready to give everything that he's got. And suddenly the heavens open.
1: And a voice calls from heaven. Abraham, Abraham,
0: here am I. I'm right here, Lord.
1: Now I know
0: that you'll withhold nothing from me. Don't do any harm to the boy. God had to take Abraham to the brink to probe his heart because there are certain things that God allows you to keep private.
1: There are certain things in your spirit and in your mind that is so complex and there's so many layers that God has
0: to work his way through those layers to be able to find exactly,
1: precisely
0: what is in the heart.
1: We are able to deceive and to fool ourselves to the point that we will believe our lies and our own self-deception. And so God has to go all the way necessary to find out what is in the heart of man. Somebody said, I don't understand the ways of God. And God could easily reply, there are things in your heart that must be probed and the only way that I can find what's really in your heart is to put you through the test. Oh God.
0: Lord, bring it home today, Jesus. I know it's a Sunday morning. Um But my God You need to lay aside What you got planned for the day And think this is all that is left of my day Oh God God is trying somehow To look into the heart of man He's looking into your heart today Saint of God
1: He's looking in your heart today But there are layers that cover up Things that have been there Maybe there was pains in the past Or maybe there was Some kind of trouble that came, and so we carefully layered it with protection, one layer after the other, and hide it behind the door. That's how people can come to the house of God and lift their hands and worship God, but yet still something is wrong in the spirit.
0: God in his mercy will allow troublesome things to come not for your hurt but so that he can probe your spirit and your mind and get down to the crux of the matter and to look deep into your spirit that he may know your heart Abraham I want you to rise from where you are And I want you to go to a land that I will tell you of. Abraham did what he was told because there was a love for God, but yet still there was parts of Abraham's heart that was shielded from God's knowledge. God could have done it, of course, but he chose not to know. Because that's what makes us a free will agent. We can make up our own minds. And so Abraham goes and takes his family. That was not part of the deal. He lost his daddy along the way. And then some of his servants got to fighting with his nephew's servants. And they had to part ways as well. And Lot chose the well-watered plains of Sodom. Abraham took the yeah, mountains, so Abraham was separated it's because God was trying to get down to the heart of the matter. There was things still in Abraham's spirit. You see, Abraham had to flee to Egypt for a little while and he lied and said that his wife was his sister. There was things there that wasn't quite right with Abraham, even though that he loved God. He loved God very much. There were things in his heart that he kept to himself. And God said, I've got to know what is in that man's heart. I've got to know. And then there was the promise that was given, even though that God did not have all of the knowledge that he needed, he still understood that there was something worth working with in Abraham. And so he gave him a covenant that he all through his seed, all of the nations of the earth would be blessed that they would be numbered more than the sands of the sea and so Abraham he hears all of this but yet he's an aged man he cannot have children his wife and cannot have children and now he's beginning to wonder so finally Sarah buckles a little bit and says why don't you just take my handmaiden and at least you'll have a son that's not what God wanted Long story short, they had to part their ways. He sent them blessings, and they had to part their ways. That's where we have the Arab nation today. So there were still things in Abraham that God had to probe, and God had to dig and to seek inside the heart of man. You think, well, he's God. He can do whatever he pleases. He can speak worlds into existence. He can say, let there be light, and there was light. He can say, let the land divide from the sea, and it was divided. He can do whatever he well pleases. He existed before time. He'll exist after time. He's always been. There's not a beginning. You can't go back far enough in your mind and say, "Right here's where God started." No, God has always been. Someone said God is an invention of man. No, no, God. He precedes man a long, long before man ever came. If I would invented God, I would have said, "I want a God that blesses me all the time." Thank you very much.
1: If I would have invented a God, then I, I'd be sure that I was on easy street and every, everything was good and my family was doing very well and everything would be happy and joyous all the time and I'd never had to see trouble. I'd never had to fight cancer. I'd never had to worry about this and that. That's what I would do if
0: I created God in my mind. But yet God has existed long before. God probes the heart and the minds of men and women. Jeremiah 17. Verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The heart is deceitful. You get something in your mind that you want to hide, you can deceive your way out. First you can deceive those around you. Then you can deceive yourself. But you'll never deceive God. The heart is deceitful. Above all things, I'm desperately wicked. Who can know it.
1: I, the Lord, search the hearts. I try the reins, even to give every man according
0: to the fruit of his doings. I want to give you another translation of those words. Actually, it's a commentary that I read that I thought was very fascinating pertaining to this verse. This is what they say. Because man's heart is incapable. I need a little more monitor up here, please. Because man's heart is incapable of seeing things in a straightforward manner, but is full of shrewd guile and ever seeking to overreach others. Another commentary puts it this way. The heart of every problem is the problem in the heart and the human heart is deceitful
1: and incurable. We often say, well, if I know my own heart, but we don't even know our own hearts. God
0: does. He searches the heart and mind and knows exactly how to reward each person. If we want to know what our hearts are like, we must read the word and let the spirit teach us. The hearts of the Jewish leaders were turned away from the Lord and his truth. Consequently, they made unwise decisions and plunged the nation into ruin.
1: All because they thought they knew. When you're serving God, you cannot rely on your heart. Because you see, even though you think you know, Because there has been so much in your heart and things happen the way that they do, oftentimes we cover things up subconsciously and not even realize it. And we try to hide it from ourselves and hide it from God. But God said, I know the heart and I will probe the heart and I will seek the heart. And if you want to know me intimately, then I have got to know you intimately as well. My God, I got wish somebody would hear me today. God said, I want to know everything about you. I know there are things I've withheld to make you what you are, a free will moral agent. But yet still, in spite of that, there are things that I must probe to be able to know about you. You can keep them to yourself all the way to the grave. But I'll tell you today, no matter how painful that it may be, I want the Lord to know my heart And warn me If there's something there That I should take care of come on, come on.
0: Problems come From day to day Some pass on by while others stay. To understand them all I'll never know. What keeps peace down deep in my soul. Gives me strength as I go along. Then in my heart I can have a song. And when darkness feels my way, I lift up my heart and gently say
1: that if the sun never shines again, and if dark clouds They never roll away. If I never feel another breeze blow across my window pane, my heart is fixed and my mind's made up. I know Jesus so, and that's
0: Enough to carry me all the way for the rest of my life. Are you going to let the Lord know your heart? I come and I I struggle. I I come short of the mark. I I can't seem to always hit the mark.
1: I come and I I find myself struggling and I I, I don't understand, God. I have part of the word and I I can't seem to, to make it. God, what's wrong with me?
0: God, know my heart. It could be there's something in your heart that you categorized long ago and you said, you know what? This is so painful that I'm going to put it in this room right here and I'm going to forget about it. And I won't go about my life. And that doesn't exist anymore. And I'm going to try to serve God. And God says, there's something behind that door. that I've got to deal with. Abraham, the man that loved God, the father, the faithful. He did everything that he could to follow God, but yet there was still something. I don't know exactly what it was. The scripture doesn't tell us, but it come down to a showdown on Mount Moriah as he's got a knife over the
1: chest of his own boy trying to obey God and fear for his life at the same time, thinking maybe I'll have to kill myself as well. I don't know what's going on, but yet still there was something that God, had to rest away from him It was deep down in the heart And the only way that God could get to it Was opening up to tragedy Oh my God Somebody needs to hear this preaching today And let you know You don't know your heart Only God can know what your heart is
0: And Sometimes he has to put you through very difficult times I wished I could have preached to you about the blessings of God today. I I wish I could have told you, and it's true, that God is going to do great things, and he will, but that's not what God put on my spirit. Tears dripped onto my desk as I studied this lesson, this message today. I wept and I cried. I spoke in tongues. I said, oh, God. I said God, I don't even know my own heart.
1: Could it be that some of the struggles that I've fought for years the source of the problem is not out there. It's in here.
0: I keep it locked up behind that door. God says, you gotta let me in. You gotta let me in. Because I seek to know your heart.
1: I long to be intimate with you.
0: There's an old country western song they used to sing. and I, I don't listen to it because it's usually the bedroom or the bar room, put your mind in the gutter. There's an old song they used to sing, looking for love in all the wrong places. And could it be, we're looking for God in all the wrong places. So, what do you mean by that, Brother Moats? We're saying, God, if you'll just load me up with blessings and you'll just you'll give me all kind of strength and all kind of power then I can get over what I hid behind that door oh if I can just come and I'll give my tithe and I'll give my offering and, and I'll come and I'll shout and I'll scream and I'll run the aisles and I'll, I'll do whatever's necessary you just load me down God says that is not the answer the answer must be you've got to open
1: your heart and let me probe and let me look as I dig past the layers and the pain re-exposes itself and I had to go down deeper, and the deeper I dig the more painful it becomes but finally I get down to the place where I see the seed bed of the problem that has kept you robbed of the victory that you need to make it to the other side. <laughs> That's why
0: people can serve God and go to church for years. And finally one day, they walk up to me and they look me in the eye like one man did to me. And he said, Brother Moats." I'm not coming to church anymore. I've seen that man weep and sob in church. And before... I could catch myself. The words come out of my mouth. I called him by name. I said, you're going to burn in hell one day. You're going to wake up in hell. Does God know your heart? Abraham, stop. Abraham called him twice. Abraham, Abraham, now I know. But God, I thought you knew everything. There are things I choose not to know, I allow you to keep them private for a season. but you have shown me what's in your heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I try the reins and I know the heart. What does it mean, try the reins? you look up the word rains you might find it unusual it's referring to the inner workings of your body the word rains literally translated in this passage is kidneys what does it mean God says I go into the innermost of your being and I try the reins. I test here And I check here and I look here and like a skillful surgeon, I begin to probe and to search inside to see what is going on in your system. Man is comprised of three components. Body, soul, spirit. And when you stand before God, if the last great day of judgment is a thousand years from now, you'll still stand before God in your body. Even though you die, your body will be returned. Even if you don't serve God, it'll be returned to you. Even if you are cremated, it'll be returned to you. God created you from dust and he can recreate you from dust. All of the souls that died at 9/11, they were vaporized when those planes hit those those buildings. Many of them were vaporized. The rest were vaporized when the buildings collapsed. Couldn't find anything of many of them. Just wasn't nothing to find. At the Great Resurrection, their bodies will be returned to them, and you will stand before God once again, whole body, soul, and spirit. The body is the flesh. It is the house that carries the real you. You ever been to a funeral and they got him stretched out? Oh, don't he look good? That ain't him. That's not him. That's only his body. That's not all of him. The rest of him is the soul and the spirit. The soul is the seat of the emotions. That's where God chooses to rule. And if he doesn't rule, then you allow something else to rule there. Something will reign and rule, whether it's your own fleshly desires or evil desires, which tend to go together. Or you'll let God rule there. And then the third is your spirit, which gives life to the body. Have you ever seen people dying of terminal diseases? And by all medical terms, they should already be dead. Only one thing keeps them alive. And what is that?
1: Their human spirit, their will to live.
0: They said in Pearl Harbor, when that bombing took place, that the USS Oklahoma flipped upside down and the hull was upside down. And there was a water pocket in there, and there was over 200 navy men inside of that that thing, and it was 17-inch thick hull. And they got some of them out, but others, all they could hear was somebody tapping on that, tapping on that metal, saying, "Come get me." And for days, they could hear tapping of the metal, the will to live. Those men died in that area. I'm bringing this to a conclusion. Does God know your heart? God says, "I'll search and I'll probe. I'll try the reins. I'll go and I'll look."
1: But there are many that says,
0: "Never mind, God. I've got this." I've got it good. I've got it handled. The door's locked. It'll be okay. You ain't got to worry about that room. Some never come back to church because they think they've got it all to themselves. they got it all figured out. They think they know their heart. They don't know their heart. Only God can truly know your heart. Then there are saints full of the Holy Ghost. They let God fill them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but yet there are some rooms. That God says, I've got to check out. There's some places in your mind and your heart that you've not let me talk about. Somebody said, is that possible? Abraham proved that it was possible. Jesus comes to Lazarus' wake. Here comes Martha, Lord, if you'd got here sooner, my brother hadn't died. That was almost a slap in the face. In other words, God, I'm frustrated with you. Lord, I'm frustrated with you. If you'd moved a little faster, we wouldn't have this problem right now. You ever looked at God like that, God? If you'd only moved a little faster, if you'd have done it like I told you to do it, God, if you'd moved like I had it planned, everything would have worked out. I had this thing planned down, and I know that it would worked if you'd done it like I said. God, Martha, don't you know that he'll live again? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard that preached over and over again, that the day of the resurrection, everybody's going to rise. Yeah, I've been down that road. I've heard Brother Moats preach that over and over again. That's old hat. Martha don't you understand I'm the resurrection and the life but the response is telling brother Charles he says do you believe this she never gave him an answer oh I know that you're the Messiah that's to come but let's just leave it there what do you say Jesus was probing that woman's heart. And he found something there. Then he gets around Mary. Mary's the one that, you know, she's the one that set at his feet while Martha did all the work and Martha got all bent out of shape. That's another story. But, you know, Mary's the one that set the feet of the Lord. But now, oh, Master, I want to tell you just like my sister, You'd been here just a little earlier. I'm frustrated at you too. You showed up a little earlier when we sent word the first time. You had to come then. My brother hadn't died. Then she began to weep. And then everybody else began to weep. It wasn't the weeping that bothered the Lord, Sister What bothered the Lord was he saw that even Mary had given up. Nobody was believing that Jesus was going to do any single thing. And that unbelief caused Jesus in the flesh to collapse in tears. You want to disturb God? You want to make God upset, just shut down your faith. When I return to earth, will there be anybody found faithful? That's what he said. Is there going to be anybody faithful when I come back? Lord's looking for somebody that'll believe. Say, well, Brother Motz, I'm going through so much maybe that going through is God doing a little operation just like he did to Abraham stand with me please